Hey guys, welcome to Triple Threat Training, where my goal is to equip the saints, spirit, soul, and body. From spiritual growth to mental health and physical health, my desire is to equip people to stand strong in every area of their lives. Throughout this podcast, I am bringing you trusted voices that have impacted me deeply and helped me grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. The purpose of Triple Threat Training is to address common issues that we experience in life and how we can function properly, spirit, soul, and body, just as God intended. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. I'm not going to say what number of episode because last episode, I messed that one up. Um, Anyway, welcome to another episode of Triple Threat Training. I'm so excited you guys are here. Uh, My guest today is Keegan Hayden. Um, I'm so excited for this conversation because uh, the conversation that we're having just around the concept of trials and, and struggles and suffering that, you know, that we go through, um, we need to have conversations around that. We need to have honest conversations around it, and we need to direct people in how to walk through trials, you know, in a biblical manner. And um, Keegan is an incredible friend. We actually, did we hang out at Lit, or was that just kind of like a mutual I think it was just a thing we did. Like, I, I don't think I really hung out with anybody there. I mean, that makes me sound like a loner, but that was a weird time of life. So I'm going to bet we probably didn't hang out. Yeah. Okay. So backstory, um, Keegan and I were part of what, 700 women who were able to go sit under teaching, uh, Priscilla Schreier, Christine Kane, Beth Moore, um, Melissa Moore, uh, Oh gosh, I'm anyway, it was an incredible weekend of just absolutely being poured into. And so we have this little community on Facebook, um, a little sisterhood where we cheer each other on, answer each other's questions, pray for each other, etc. So backstory there, that's where Keegan and I quote unquote met, come to find out we're actually not that far apart. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, Keegan, welcome to Triple Threat Training. Um, would you just share a little bit about yourself? Who are you? What do you do? All the things. Well, I'm Keegan, and um, I used to, up until January, I was a teacher and cheerleading coach. And then in January, I got to move into being a mentoring director for the pregnancy center here in town. And so that's been super awesome because we do like character education in schools and all that kind of stuff. So that's super awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I am in Texas because once you live in Texas and you're born and raised in Texas, you really have no reason to leave. Um, So (laughs) I didn't. And uh, the closest I've ever gotten is we moved up about seven miles south of the Oklahoma border um, when we very first got married and that's the closest I got to moving outside of Texas. And that's as close as I want to get. <laughs> um, but right now we're just kind of, you know, hanging out. Uh, my husband's a junior high football, basketball and track coach. We have two precious babies. Um, one is now two and then one just turned two months old. Um, like a week ago. And so that's crazy. I, I've only been a parent for like five minutes, but 
according to their ages, that's not actually true, <laughs> uh, but it goes so fast. So now here I am and um, I'm just kind of getting ready to launch some different things, um, a book and a lot, I've got a lot of exciting things coming. And so um, I don't have all the details yet, so I'm going to keep it quiet, but I'm excited. Yes, I love that. And that um, that's super exciting. And that's another connection we have is being published by the same publishing company. So I love that as well. Um, and we were talking a little bit a few days ago, just about, you know, the whole thing, thing, I call it a thing, because it's, it's hard to put into words, you know, um, when we experience trials, when we go through suffering, and everybody's got a different word, a different term behind um, things that we go through. Some people see it as serious, some people don't see it as serious, you know, vice versa. And quite frankly, um, I bet we could all agree that 2020 was the year of trials, it was the year of suffering, it was the year of loss, it was just an absolute year for a lot of people, if not everybody. Um, but a question that I have for you just to, to kick this um, interview off is what is it about trials that cause us to create like hierarchies of suffering? You know, why do we think ours is worse than someone else's or maybe ours aren't as bad or, and we don't ask for help. So what is kind of the, the thought process behind that, that you think? So really, I kind of, the way I see it is it's kind of like sin, you know, we put sin on levels and the reality mm -hmm. is like none of them are worse than another. Mm -hmm. But the fact is like in suffering, we're like, man, that, that doesn't seem so bad when we trip and fall or stub our toe. That's not as big of a trial as say a cancer diagnosis or losing somebody you love because it's easy to get over. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't take as much to process. It doesn't feel like there's as much trauma associated with it. And so we just kind of tend to blow it off or we feel like, man, this person's been through it. They've lost everybody they love. They, um, they have this story of just some really hard things and I've really been pretty sheltered. And so I kind of have no, no real right to speak to that or no real right to say that I have suffered or I have these trials or whatever the case may be, because we just really feel like maybe it's, it's not as bad as everybody else has it because we've been conditioned that way based on what culture has said. Mm -hmm. um, culture is basically like, Hey, if you aren't having these life shattering things, then you just need to suck it up and move on. Mm -hmm. Contrary to popular belief right now, where we feel like we're creating a bunch of snowflakes. Um, and so really we're in some senses, we may be doing that in other senses, we're saying, you know what, just get over it. And, and that's where that hierarchy comes from is, Hey, if, if it's just a daily thing, if it's not this life shattering thing, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and that's a lie. That's such a lie, such yeah. a lie. And it is hard. I mean, you know, because there is such a balance in, you know, you don't, you don't want to sweep everything under the rug, but you also want to know how to handle things in a healthy manner. And we don't want to just categorize suffering as, okay, if it, if it matches this level of something that you're going through, then your reaction is warranted, you know, but we also want to be like, okay, yeah, you're going through this, but here's the truth. Here's how we can walk through this. And I feel like, um, 
you know, growing up, honestly, it wasn't anything that was necessarily taught or not taught. It was exactly like you said, you know, just what the world says is and, and, and how we're supposed to handle things. And I swept a lot of things under the rug because I didn't feel like that they warranted the, the, the attention, you know, bullying in school or dealing with, um, whatever teenagers deal with, you know, just, just the struggle behind that. And, um, because of that, I didn't learn a healthy way to deal with trials, to deal with suffering. And so I agree with you. I mean, we've got to find that balance in how do we walk through these things? How do we walk through them with empathy? How do we walk through them with compassion? How do we, um, how do we start even talking about this? So in that, in that right there, how can we start having healthy conversations around, you know, trials or suffering so that way we can move people into truth, into walking through trials victoriously? So ultimately, if I'm being real honest, it wasn't until about mm, five, maybe seven, if we will really want to be generous uh, years ago, that I started figuring out that, Hey, the way I'm dealing with trial is probably not the most healthy way to deal with it because I'm a very, I'm the fixer. People don't fix me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very independent. I, I grew up thinking, well, I mean, I can handle that. It's not a big deal. We, it's almost like this pride issue where I can carry so many things on my shoulders and I can just deal with it and and nobody's ever going to know. Um, and so we, we have that, but we also have to realize not everybody carries struggles, trials the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, what is easy for me may not be easy for you. Um, things that hurt us and traumatize us are going to be different just because we have different life experience. Right. And so when we, when we walk through that, what we have to recognize is, first of all, I can't look through, look at somebody and say, Hey, I know you feel like this is hard, but really it's not. Yeah. Because I don't know how they're carrying it. I don't know what things have led up to that to make that hard for them. But the other thing is a lot of times, like we just go through this, this daily life of everything is piling up and we just don't deal with it when we should, which is right in the moment. And so it feels like we get to this point where we just can't catch a break. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately what we have to do to walk through that in truth and um, walk victoriously in that is press in to the Lord. And we have to be able to root ourselves in a community that's always going to point us towards truth. That's always going to point us towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also have to be willing to say, Hey, I can't do this on my own. Um, and we have to say, here's what the word says again, says about that. We have to measure our actions against the word. And so what I do generally is I have this list of verses that teach me how to deal with struggles. When I feel like life is heavy, I go to the word because that is the truth. And then I see what the truth says and I say, okay, what are the action steps that I can take from that and move forward? Um, so when, uh, one of the verses I go to all the time is first Peter five, six through 10. And it talks about how 
we cast our anxieties on the Lord. And friends, when we cast our anxieties on the Lord, what we do is we literally lay them at his feet and we leave it there. We don't pick it back up because if we pick it back up, we're not leaving them. We're not casting them on the Lord. We are saying, Hey, can you help me with this? Cool. I'm going to keep carrying it, but can you just maybe sometimes take it when it's convenient for me, when I don't need the attention, when I don't need, no, that's not how it works. And so we have to be willing to lay our burdens at the foot of the cross and move forward, trusting mm-hmm the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we cast our anxieties on him and then we have to take heart and remember, Hey, we're not the only ones that have gone through this, no matter how, how, um, rare it may seem, how, um, alone we may feel because a whole other topic, maybe for another day is the enemy works when we feel isolated. Yeah. Uh, Works in our isolation. Absolutely. And so we have to surround ourselves with community and remember that we're not in this alone. And so it goes on to say that the Lord uses all of that to strengthen, confirm, establish, and um, basically just root us in him. Mm -hmm. And so everything that we do, we have to remember um, the word gives us those action steps to take. And our only deal is that we have to do it now that's a whole lot easier said than done most days, mm-hmm. but it's a discipline that we have to commit to yeah. is to walk in truth and to fight the enemy. Um, when we talk about the armor of God, the very last verses of that chapter in Ephesians, Ephesians six say that we are to stand, we are to stand firm. Um, and we are to fight. We yeah. actually have to do the work. Um, not that the Lord won't be working on our behalf, but we actually have to do the work. Yeah. So yeah, that's a shortened version of how you should walk in, in victory, um, through those trials, even though I know it's a whole lot easier said than done. Yeah. Well, and I feel like we forget that as Christians, um, it life (laughs) walking as a Christian requires, um, discipline. Um, because nothing is easy. It, we don't get a, an easy pass when we say, okay, Lord, I accept you as Christ. I'm going to obey you, follow you. Like we don't, we don't get the automatic easy pass through life. I mean, if anything, I feel like, um, it gets a little bit more difficult in the sense that, you know, all the temptations, all the pressures, all the things that we go through, we have a choice to choose what our reaction is going to be. You know, are we going to walk through it in peace? Are we going to walk through this in love? Are we going to choose to forgive? Are we, you know, and we have all these things that we have to choose and that requires discipline, you know, and it's the same in standing, you know, when you've done everything you can do stand. So it's like, okay, you're going to reach a point where it's like, what else can I do? just keep standing, just keep knowing and trusting that God is going to come through on this, you know, that healing is going to take place. And, um, you know, I know that we've all been deeply acquainted, um, with a trial in our life. Maybe we've experienced a loss or we've been around somebody, um, close to us who has experienced just an incredible life altering loss or, you know, um, has been in those moments where they're, they were facing a cancer diagnosis. And in those moments as Christians, that's where the hope that we have can be extended to somebody that's going through those things. And I know for me that that was a, 
a major um, thing for me to walk out, you know, because I feel like in, in my case, I wasn't necessarily taught how to sit with somebody in grief. I was taught the answers, but I was not taught how to be empathetic. I wasn't taught how to enter into trials with other people. So how can we, <clears throat> as Christians, you know, maybe somebody's listening that has a friend that's going through an issue or has just experienced a loss or, you know, anything that they've gone through in 2020, how can they, as Christians, with the hope of Jesus Christ, have that um, have that balance of speaking truth into their life, but not just blanketing a scripture statement over it to make everything better? You know, because not everybody wants to hear that in the moment, even though that's the truth. Absolutely. So let me just start by saying, first, it's really easy for us as Christians to kind of like almost say, okay, I recognize that I'm struggling or I recognize that this is happening in our own lives or in the lives of other people and rush through it. But sometimes we have to sit with that and we can't just um, dismiss or um, pass over or any of those things. What, what we or somebody else is going through. Sometimes the, the best thing to do is literally to sit in that trial. Mm-hmm. You have to recognize it. You have to say, man, this is not easy. This is, I mean, this is hard. Sometimes we just have to sit and cry for a minute, but ultimately what we have to do when it comes to empathy is we have to recognize that sometimes all we need is a friend to sit next to us. Yeah. Literally just to be there. Yeah. Sometimes there just are no words. Yeah. And, um, two years ago, just before we had our, our girl, um, my very best friend lost her brother. He, he was born without a pulmonary artery. Um, and he made it to 25 and they, um, ultimately he ended up dying at 25 and we kind of knew it was coming, but we knew the truth. Yeah. It came from a family of believers, but there's in that moment you say, I know, I'm sorry. It hurts. Yeah. And you just sit with them. And, um, you know, sometimes we're not just going to sit in that moment and fix everything right then we can't fix our suffering right in that moment. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is we can say, okay, I know today is hard. What is one thing you can do? Yeah. Um, and you build that relationship and eventually you, you say, Hey, listen, I love you. I'm here for you. You can even say, I'm praying for you, but we can't always shove it down the throat. What we have to do is maintain or build a relationship in the midst of that. And that's what will eventually open that door. Um, Because if somebody comes to us and is like, man, I'm hurting. And we're just like, oh, well, the Bible says this. And so you shouldn't listen. The Bible is great. And yes, the, the, the word is truth, but it's not this tool to be dismissive. Yeah. It's, it's a tool to recognize, man, like this is a chance for me to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Um, this is a chance for me to recognize the Lord works even in the junk. Yeah. Um, And we can't miss that. So 
we sit with people in their grief. We sit with them in their struggles and um, we allow them the space to grieve just simply by sitting with them, by crying with them, maybe laughing with them, encouraging them, Hey, let's, let's go get a Coke. Let's go, you know, do whatever if we can tangibly do that. Yeah. But if not, then we call in and check on them once yeah. a week or so. Um, and we build that relationship. It's all going to come back to relationships is what's yeah. going to happen. Really. I, I agree with you. And one of the greatest things that we can do is pray for those who are hurting. Um, I think sometimes we forget that prayer is an incredible weapon. You know, um, I remember going through a trial with, with a family member and, um, you know, my standard road answer, God is good. God is good. And looking at the situation, it was, it was saying something different, you know, and it's like, I knew what the truth was. This person knew what the truth was, but it was hard to grasp because the situation and the circumstance before them was saying a different story. But, um, what was happening is that was a point of intersection for me. It was a point to enter into the suffering and be like, listen, I know you're hurting and I don't have answers because we don't, we don't know why certain things happen. We don't know why we just, we just do not have the answer this side of heaven, but we do continue to have the hope of eternal life. We do continue to have the hope of Jesus healing those, binding up our wounds, bottling up our tears. You know, we have that very intimate relationship with someone and we can be the hand of the, exactly like you said. And some of my favorite, um, I call them, you know, stories in the Bible, um, miracles in the Bible is when Jesus literally touched a leper. I mean, that was a moment of suffering for that guy, you know, of like outcast. He was going through so much and Jesus literally looked at him and touched him and was willing to touch him. And I feel like sometimes we can look at suffering, whether in our own life or in the lives of others and be like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm sorry. You know, Jesus loves you. He's good. Everything's going to be okay. And we can forget that just a simple touch, a touch of our word, a touch of our prayers, a hug, you know, whatever can go such a long way. Absolutely. So, um, when our son was born back in March, he ended up in neonatal ICU. He was born with pulmonary hypertension and So we left him in ICU for 10 days, which means we left the hospital without him. And now there are so many people who have had much longer NICU stays than we did. But I remember leaving the hospital and saying, I know that God is good and I know that he is at work, but that doesn't make this hurt any less. Absolutely. And I knew that's when I started remembering everything I had written, um, in my book. And I was like, okay, listen, I know all of these things to be true. Yeah. Now I have to choose to walk it out. And so I started texting some very close friends and I was like, listen, um, here's where we're at. And I know that the tactic of the enemy is isolation. And so I need you guys to be praying. And they were like, well, what can we do? And I was like, literally, there is nothing you can do. The people who are, who can do things are at the hospital doing them. And that's fabulous. Um, and so literally we can't discount that prayer factor either. Absolutely. We cannot discount that. Um, 
And then they showed up with meals for us for two solid weeks. And that was super helpful because we were running back and forth to the hospital. But ultimately all they did was pray for us and text us and say, how are you doing? Yeah. And I, prior to probably this year would have said, Hey, we're great because that's the way I carried it. Yeah. But a lot of times our trials come down to this idea of pride. Mm -hmm. Like we have to walk through it alone because it makes us look good. It makes us seem like a better Christian or tougher or whatever. And that's not true. That's not true at all. Um, and so it was very freeing to be able to recognize and say, I'm not okay right now. Yeah. Um, I know I will be. And I know the truth is this, but I'm not okay right now. Yeah. And it was nice to know that they had our back. Yeah. um, Just in prayer because we didn't know the words to pray. Yeah. We didn't have it. Yeah. And I think think that's such a crucial thing, Um, you know, because God is deeply acquainted with every one of our hurts. It is, it's not a sin to be like, God, I love you, but it's so hard to see your goodness right now. It's, that's not a sin. I don't know where we get that idea of, oh, we can't be honest about our emotions or, you know, whatever. And I understand, you know, we cannot allow our emotions to like lead us along, you know, keep us going. We have to take a stand against them and be like, listen, exactly like what you were saying. I know God is good. I know what the truth says, but right now this is hard. And I think the biggest key is exactly what you said is I got a hold of some of my closest friends and I asked them to pray because I feel like that's where we get in trouble is okay. So we express our pains. We express our emotions. We sit in them, but then we accept them and we take them as truth. And that's not the case. That's not what we need to do. It's like, okay, yeah, we recognize them, but we keep moving forward. And when we have other people who know the truth to speak the truth into us, we can be like, okay, this is hard. This is so hard. I'm not seeing this, you know, and just knowing that you're saying things out loud to somebody else who has a rational mind in that moment (laughs) makes things so much easier for me. Anyway, that's, that's my personal experience. Absolutely. Well, we have to root our emotions in truth, but we also have to remember that we serve a big God. Like he's a big kid. Yeah. And so he can handle it when we come to him and we say, Hey, look, you hurt my feelings. He's not going to be like, Oh man, I didn't mean to, he's going to be like, I know that I got you. Yeah. Like it's fine. Yeah. We're going to be okay. I got you. And we have to root our feelings in truth. We have to root our emotions in truth because otherwise they're going to lie to us and they're going to take us down these crazy paths. Yeah. And it is not going to be okay. Yeah. And that's, and that is such the importance of renewing our minds in the word of God, because I remember a season, um, that I fell into depression just as a baby Christian, like it was, it was bad. Um, and had I not had people around me speaking the truth of God's word into my mind, reminding me like, listen, this is what the enemy is saying to you right now in this moment, but this is what God's word says. This is his character. This is who he is. You know, when we, take that initiative when we are intentional to renew our minds in the word of God, when we face suffering, when we face trials, when we face depression, anxiety, a a loss, whatever it is, we can stand on his character and we can know, okay, 
it looks like this, but this is who God is. This is what's going on. And so any moment that I've dealt with, like, you know, I just came out of, se- of, a, of a season of, of being in depression. And, and while I was in that battle, I was standing on his character because I knew who my dad was. I knew what the truth was, even though I was going through the battle, but still knowing the truth didn't take away the battle. It's, it was part right. of the stand. Right. And that's part of the weapons that he gives us to fight those battles. Absolutely. Because we have to, we have to constantly remember because otherwise it's going to be so easy to believe the lies of the enemy when he twists those words mm-hmm. and he does that. Oh, so fast. Yeah. So fast. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's yeah. It's, it's one of those things like, you know, well, in James, it talks about to count it all joy, you know, when mm-hmm. you experience trials of various kinds. And I, and I love that. I don't remember the version just off the top of my head, but you know, some versions say when you experience different trials or when you experience trials or v- trials of various kinds, to me, it's like, that doesn't put a label that one trial is greater than the other trials are trials. But mm-hmm. when we go through them, it produces perseverance. It produces endurance. It produces character. And that's the thing is like, we can choose to walk through trials in a way that we spiral out of control, or we can choose to walk through trials in a way that produces perseverance, that improve, that produces endurance, that produces character. Um, so in this, which I know we've, we've kind of gone all around it and we've, and we've covered a lot of things, but how can we begin to move toward truth in the midst of a trial, whether we're experiencing a trial ourselves, or we've got somebody close to us, how can we move toward that truth? So I have this thing that I created. It's called, uh, well, I didn't really create it. The Lord created it and I just gave it a word. Um, it's called the suffering cycle. And so basically it's where we start with a trial and then we move into truth and we move into triumph is what I call it, but that's walking in victory every day. And so basically what we do is we have, um, we have our trial, whether that be, we lost it on the kids. We just feel like we can't catch a break, a cancer diagnosis, you know, just whatever the case may be, whatever the trial is, I stub my toe. It really hurts, whatever. (laughs) Um, and it would be really easy to sit in that and go, Hmm, God must hate me. Yeah. Friend, he doesn't, he's not sitting up in heaven going, how can I make them miserable today? That's not how it works. He is a good God who loves us and he wants good things for us. But sometimes to get those good things, we have to go through this pruning process. Mm -hmm. Enter trials. Um, so in order to move out of that phase, we have to choose to say, I'm going to believe the truth. I am going to, um, I'm going to stand on who God says he is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to believe who he says he is. And I'm going to believe that he can do what he says he can do. Yeah. And so, um, a lot of times that's kind of difficult to put feet to. And so what I do is when I'm in the middle of something, I go on a hunt, a scavenger hunt through my Bible, looking for every verse that I can possibly find or that I can recall from memory. Um, Sometimes, man, I even have to Google it depending on how desperate I am. Right. And I just start writing on sticky notes, every verse I can think of that pertains to that specific trial. What is the truth about that? What is, um, 
what does God have to say about how I'm supposed to deal with this? Yeah. And so, um, I start sticking those on my, um, my door, my mirror in my Bible. And so when I open it up, I'm searching and I'm saying, okay, so that turns into like my quiet time. Or if it's like a really desperate moment, I'll sit down and I'll just start spending time just going through and reading those words, just reading those words and finding, okay, what does the word say about this? Mm -hmm. What does, um, what are the action steps that I can take? And when we, um, take that to heart, when we start memorizing those verses, when we start speaking those verses out loud, um, whether from memory or just simply reading them, the devil literally has to flee. Like that's, that's the command because that's what the word says happens when we speak the word of God he can't be around it. And so he has to flee. Um, but it also gives us, it gets in our spirit. When we speak things out loud, we start to believe it. And the more we say it, the whether in our mind or whether in our heart or whether out loud, we start to believe it. And then we act on what we believe. And so we move out of truth into triumph. We literally get to walk in that. Now that may be, um, taking just the next right step. Um, and that may take a day depending on how, how much you chose to believe it and how much of a battle it is for you, or it may be years and years and years. Um, but we can walk in the victory that the Lord says, Hey, okay, this is coming at you. Mm -hmm. Depend on my word, do what it says. Yeah. Absolutely. Which ultimately all comes back to believe that I am who I say I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to do what I say I can do. Yeah. I'm and I love that. I love that because it is, it's easy to be like, oh, God is punishing me today. And it's like, okay, wait, what? You know, obviously like there are situations where we have to go through the consequences of sin. Other circumstances mm -hmm. are a product of our stupidity. And then other circumstances are just because we live in a fallen world and because we live in a fallen world and because we have a very real enemy who wants to steal, kill and destroy. I mean, we're going to experience hard things. You know, nobody, nobody is exempt from that. And you're saying, uh, you saying that about like speaking the word out loud. I was actually trying to look up that statistic that I had heard one time. And I think it's like 75 to 85% of people who read the word, speak it out loud and speak it with passion, passion, actually remember it. And it's rooted into the system and you start walking it out. Um, but I thought that, that was really neat because it is so true. We forget the power of our words. We forget the power of speaking words from our creator, you know, Holy spirit inspired words that were given in scripture. Um, you know, and just kind of moving right on into that. Um, <laughs> one of my uh, frustrations is common Christian sayings that don't really make sense biblically. And it's like, wait, what? Okay, where did that come from? One of them is God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. And while it sounds good in theory, I struggle with that a little bit because mm -hmm. I feel like it creates a dependency on suffering. In the sense of if we're not always suffering for Jesus, we are not strong. And if we're suffering for Jesus, then we're strong. And quite frankly, in the middle of my trials, 
strong is the last word that I am going to use to describe myself. Um, And so it's one of those things like Paul in, um, is it second Corinthians, first Corinthians? I can't remember where it's at, but, um, he talks about how in his weakness, that's when Christ is strong in him. It's like, okay, so it's not this picture of being weak and decrepit down and out, you know what I mean? But it's just realizing our need every moment for him and recognizing that without him, we can't, we can't live and move and have our being, you know? Um, so in regards to, trials and the truth about trials, how can we move toward triumph, which I know you explained that, but like in a more practical manner of, of walking it out, um, in triumph in trials and outside of trials, you know, removing the the idea of that. We always have to be suffering. We always have to be experiencing something bad that we can't celebrate good, you know, Um, Because we can, we can celebrate good and we can still recognize that there are people going through issues. So how can we move toward triumph, walk in triumph and help others walk in that? So first of all, let me just say that is a super Old Testament um, line of thinking. Literally the, the people who, um, the, the Israelites, really anybody in the Old Testament equated suffering with righteousness yeah and that's that's not it whenever we suffer regardless of what it is it is to make us more into the image of christ it's to take away all of the junk and make us look more like our heavenly father it is this idea of putting us to the refiner's fire and taking out all of the junk removing the dross as they call it um, when we're literally talking about refining gold And so, um, first of all, let's just quit believing that lie. Um, if that is something that you are believing, let's just quit believing that lie because, um, our righteousness is absolutely not dependent on how much we suffer. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. our righteousness is dependent on Christ and him crucified. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to pull myself in before I start uh, preaching on that. But anyway, (laughs) it's dependent on on Christ and him crucified. And so, um, when we, we don't want to depend on suffering, um, because here's the deal. Our God is a big God and he, he's a both and God. We get to exist in this tension. And so he is both love and just, Mm -hmm. and sometimes those things in our finite human minds seem like they can't match up but they absolutely do. And so we can't, we cannot fall into this lie thinking that, well, if God loves me, then he's going to make me suffer greatly. Or if God, if God loves me, then he won't make me suffer at all. Neither of those are true. Yeah. If God loves us very much like our parents, if, if we have good parents, if we have good godly parents, and some of us don't have that story, but if, if God is our father, he's going to treat us like his kids. And part of that is being loved so much that he's going to speak truth to us and discipline us Mm -hmm. and take away all the junk. So some of, some of suffering is about discipline. Some of it's about our own dumb choices and facing the consequences. And some of it's simply because we need to look more like him and he's got to remove some junk. 
Um, so we have to remember that not every day are we going to see something that is like, oh man, this is suffering. This is a trial. We have to say, okay, I am equipped for when I have a trial. Um, and I can see how good God is outside of, of that trial. Yeah. Um, sometimes it takes being removed from that trial to say, you know what? God was so good in that moment because I know that I felt this way. And I know for a fact that I didn't see that in that moment, but looking back, man, he is so, so sweet. Yeah. Cause friends in the middle of trial, we are not going to feel that we yeah. are not going to feel that, especially to the gr- degree when we step back and look, Oh man, God, God did some really cool things that I couldn't see when I was so close to that situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question. Yeah, it does. And it, and I mean, that's the thing is to just recognize, recognize his character, recognize, you know, and I feel like it's exactly what you said. We, we see God outside of trials and we, you know, we grow closer to him in the trials, you know, and, and it circles back to what you said at the beginning of pressing in pressing into him in the midst of it and understanding that just because we're going through something doesn't mean that God is removed from the situation just because we're experiencing hurt, whether that's betrayal. I mean, there is literally not a specific list of what trials are or aren't. There's not a list of like you, like you're talking about, uh, levels of suffering. There's just anything that's hard, anything that, you know, makes us be like, wait, what, who, okay. Uh, wait a second, you know, and that we have to just kind of get our wits about us. I mean, it's a trial is a trial. That's a trial. Like, uh, you know, no matter what it is. And, and even if it's discipline, he's not removed from that situation. He's not like, oh, I'm disciplining you. You're grounded. I'll talk to you when you're ungrounded. You know, he's there in the middle of it being like, okay, let me walk through this with you, you know, and, and I love that. And to just, I mean, kind of not kind of just to kind of some kind of, why am I using that word? (laughs) Uh, Just to sum it all up, you know, pressing in surrounding yourself with, with Christians, with strong Christians, with Christians who know the word of God, who can sharpen you, who can uplift you, who can pray for you, you know, and then outside of that, recognizing like, okay, I don't have to have the standard answer for people going through issues. I can, I can say, I love you. I'm here for you. And I don't have the answer. It is literally as simple as that. Um, Keegan, do you have anything else that you want to add? I just, I just want to say this when suffering is not the only part of our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's like a friendship when we are friends, there are going to be some really, really great days, a lot of really, really great days. And it's going to be sweet. And we're going to know each other. We're going to know each other's favorite ice cream. We're going to know each other's laugh. We're going to know, we're going to have inside jokes. It's going to be great. But because of those good times, we know that it's a safe place to go. Yeah when we have the hard times. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we have to be willing to have those hard conversations with Jesus, because here's the thing. 
hard conversations don't get to happen without a level of intimacy. Yeah. And we have to have created that prior to when everything falls apart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so don't, don't believe the lie that the Lord wants you to just be miserable and he is only there in the hard things because that's not true. No. That is not true at all. As a matter of fact, it's probably the hardest thing from the truth. Yeah, um, absolutely. But he is, he's so sweet to us on a daily basis. And because of that, we build up this intimacy that allows us to go through the hard things and have those hard conversations with the Lord. Like, Lord, I don't understand why you're doing this. I don't, I don't get it. Matter of fact, I'm real mad at you about it. Um, and he, he's just as good then, but it's a whole lot harder to see Yeah, just like it is with the friend. It's like, this is a really good friend, but I'm really mad right now. And so I can't see that. Yeah. So, well, and I, and I like that analogy because I think of some friends that, uh, you know, I'll, we've got friends who are friends forged by fire in the sense that we have literally been through the flames with these friends and they've stuck by us and vice versa, you know, and just thinking about how exactly like you said, we had some incredible times. We grew our relationship. We got closer. We began to know each other, like not just like surface level. Oh, I know this person, but we got to know them on an Mm -hmm. intimate level. We knew who they were, what they stood for, what, you know, all of this so that when those trials by fire came, we can point back and be like, no, I know them because I've spent time with them. And so I love that analogy. And that's such an incredible, um, just this incredible reminder of, you know, this, it's this father relationship with God, but it's also a friendship, you know, it's yeah. I, I love that analogy. That's like, that's super cool. Um, Keegan, how can, well, first of all, it's like not, a secret anymore. Um, because we mentioned it a few times, um, you are writing a book. So how can people stay in contact with you to, to stay updated on what's going on? Well, I'm on, it feels like all the socials, but I know it's very <laughs> far from it. Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram, um, and Facebook, just Keegan K Hayden. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't have a very strong Twitter game, so we can stay away from that. And I also have a website and it's just www.keganckhayden.com. And that's where you'll find my blog and how to get in touch with me and um, just a little bit more about me and see some really fun pictures where um, I'm like sassing people. It's great. It's awesome. Awesome. So um, yeah, so those are probably the best ways to get to stay in touch. Okay. Yeah. And I'll include those in the show notes for you guys so that you can just simply click the link and give her a follow. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about your book? Just like a little bit. Sure. Um, so my book, if, if all goes according to plan is going to be titled, the struggle is real purpose in the pain. And so literally, um, just figuring out this purpose that the Lord has in our pain and how do we walk through that? knowing that there's a purpose, um, even though it is not awesome to walk through it, um, and knowing who Jesus is. And maybe even we talk about some of the reasons behind that and, um, kind of get acquainted with the fact that sometimes we don't know the reason and that's okay. Yeah. Um, 
even though if you're like me, you really love to have the answers. So it's a process. Yes. But. <laughs> awesome. But, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining me today. Um, if you guys enjoyed this conversation, uh, share it with somebody that you know. Don't forget to leave a review. Um, again, share it with people you know, because this is a message that I feel like would be encouraging if just to say you're not the only one going through this. So Keegan, thank you again for joining me. It was so incredible.